Hello, and welcome to another episode of Norboard's Builder Insights Podcast. Builder Insights is your best source of information on new building techniques, materials, tools, and codes. Keep up to date with the latest developments as well as tips and tricks that will save you time and money on the job site. And now, Builder Insights. The following podcast is part of a series recorded live at the 2017 International Builders Show in Orlando. Listen to industry experts, fellow builders, and association members as they share their perspective on current trends and the struggles they face in the industry. They also share resources for framers and builders to help them save money and time. We hope you find these short conversations beneficial and that you like, share, and subscribe on iTunes or Google Play. Today we're going to we're, we're talking with Jackie Rowland, Senior Energy, uh, Engineering Manager at Apex Engineering here in Florida. And Jackie, before we get started, I'm going to ask you to introduce yourself to the audience. Tell us how you came to be at Apex Engineering and how long have you been there? Okay. I am a UF grad. I have a bachelor's and master's degree in civil engineering from UF. I actually started at Apex as an intern in college. My last summer of college, I did an internship with them, and then when I graduated, I went back full-time. Um, I've been there for six years now, and I've worked my way up from, you know, structural engineering intern, then I became the director of production after two years, and then now I'm the senior engineering manager. Can you tell us a little bit of history about Apex Technology and, and what they do? Okay. Apex is one of six companies under the holding company of Beelit Incorporated, which is owned by the Dixon family. It started in Jacksonville, Florida. Apex is actually the structural and mechanical engineering firm for Beelit. Beelit actually started with Truehouse, which is a component manufacturer. So they started out as a trust, you know, supply and manufacturing company. They saw the need for structural engineering and created Apex. Under the Beelit umbrella of companies, there is also True Design Studios, which is an architectural firm. Trust Systems, which is a component company up in Atlanta, Georgia. There is Turnkey Solutions, which is Framey. Carolina Lumber, which is a supply and manufacturer. So the idea with Beelit in their umbrella of companies is full house design from A to Z. What sets Apex apart to serve builders not only in Florida but other states too? Apex is really big on the full house design. We are relational. We make sure that we take the effort to get to know our builders, the programs that they use, and really you know, make sure that we design their system to be unique to that builder. From an engineering standpoint, there's always five different ways that you can engineer anything. And so we try to find what works best for that market, what their suppliers have from a manufacturing standpoint, and then really make sure that we're going to value engineer it for them. So what challenges do you see for builders trying to navigate the building codes, especially the high wind codes in Florida along the Gulf Coast and up the Atlantic seaboard? So in Florida, you know, high wind is our specialty. Outside of Florida, you know, the International Building Code and the International Residential Code mm-hmm. is designed to create a prescriptive design for the builders. Basically, a guidebook that they go in and it says, you know, for this span, use the size header. By having an engineer, we help them navigate to create, you know, the design that's best for that structure. So we're going to value engineer it. We're going to size each header, you know, for what it needs to be and help them navigate to not be overly conservative, which is what the building code usually will prescribe. So when you say value engineering, what do you mean by that? Value engineering, it's, you know, it's two part. One, obviously, it's to make the most cost effective structure. We want it to be structurally sound as engineers. You know, that is our utmost priority is to make sure that it's structurally sound. But the value engineering side of it is not only to make it cost effective, but then to also make sure that we have the best program create a program for each builder. We work with their trade, the framers, the concrete masons, 
the building officials to make wow. sure that we're creating the best structure for the best price. Could you give us a couple of examples of value engineering and, and what you might put in your drawings to meet and exceed codes? Mm -hmm. So there's a couple different things for value engineering. We look at existing prescriptive design or even other engineers' plans. The first thing that usually we can pull out are headers, beam sizes. By sizing each header to fit that exact location on that structure, usually we can size it down because the code will tell you to do double 2 by 10 headers everywhere. So that's one. And then also metal. In Florida, especially the high wind, you're going to have hold downs, you're going to have clips. So we're sizing each truss location and each stud location for exactly what it needs to be in that house, in that location based on the wind speed and exposure. In our plan sets, the way that we build in some of the value engineering is that we give options. So our floor-to-floor -floor connections, our bottom plate anchorage, we'll specify the spacing of it. But we'll give possibly four different options of which connector they can use in that location, okay. which allows the trades, again, based on supply, what they've got available, what they prefer to use, contracts they have with manufacturers, allows them to kind of pick what program works best for them. Hence the term value engineering. Exactly. What kind of feedback do you get from your clients in regards to the cost savings that they can realize from your value engineering? We do what's called uh, waste walks, and so we'll actually go through existing structures and then provide the builders with feedback on what they can reduce out of that structure, still make it structurally sound, of course. And on any given house, normally we can save somewhere between $500 and $2,500, wow. which uh, the majority of my clients are the high-volume production builders. Uh -huh. $500 a house multiplied a by 500 a year makes a big difference. Sure. <laughs> this is I do it that way because that's the way I've always done it. <laughs> Why do so many builders hesitate to change the way they build or even request their engineer to change something that would would save them money ultimately? There's two parts to it. One, there's tribal knowledge. Uh, there's always resistance to change something. We've always done it that way. That's how we do it. Now, the flip side of that is that when supply is, or I'm sorry, when labor is at a shortage, mm -hmm. everybody's busy. No one wants to take the time to learn something new. So what we do is that we educate them to say, hey, this product could save you labor costs. It could save you material costs. And in the end, by educating the builder, the building officials, the installers, you know, you're going to end up with a better final product. If you put a spec in a drawing and the building official says no, what do you do to help the builder? It kind of starts way back before we even get to that point. We put a big effort into creating relationships with building departments. We'll go to the building departments, explain our engineering. We're part of building associations. So with that, we have a very good relationship with them. If we have a new product before it goes on our plan sets, we have already been proactive enough to talk to not only the builders, but the building officials, the inspectors, the plan reviewers, to teach them about the product, teach them the installation per the manufacturer, and then... We ask them for their consideration. What challenges do you see using this product? What are your concerns with it? Are there any inspection issues that you see? And we try to proactively answer all of those questions before it even makes it to a plan set in the field. Now, obviously, it does still happen. You know, sure. It'll go into plan review, be at inspection, and they'll go, hey, this doesn't work or I don't understand it. One thing that we pride ourselves on is we are always available. We've got engineers in the office with phones you know, right next to them. They're always picking up the phone. So a lot of our superintendents, our framers, if they're out in the field with an inspector, we say, call us when you guys are out here talking about it. We'll answer it over the phone as best we can. Most of the time, we can point them to where it is on the plan, explain the concept behind it, and they'll say, okay. Obviously, if it gets further than that, we'll go out there. We'll explain sure. it, walk them through it. We've really put a lot of effort into that relationship 
in order to make sure that everyone is on the same page and that everyone is good with the product. So when a builder has seen a new product or method that has great potential to save them money, how should they approach their engineer? Anytime that there's a new product that a builder thinks is going to be a good system for them mm -hmm. and obviously to be more cost effective as well, I say just bring it to your engineer. We're open-minded. We don't have any skin in the game when it comes to products. So as long as you bring it to the engineer and you give them adequate time, let us research the product. We'll go through the evaluation reports. We'll go through the product approval. Make sure that we have a firm understanding of that product from a testing standpoint and then off a capacity standpoint as well. With that, as long as it meets our design philosophy, as long as we approve of its use, yeah. there's no reason why it wouldn't be put in the plans. And ultimately, the builder's our client. We're going to yeah. engineer it the way that they ask us to, yeah. as long as it's structurally sound and we can sign off on it. So there's always both sides of we want to make sure it's structurally sound, but we're open to different opinions. And we, right now, we've got different engineering methods that we use with different manufacturers' products based on what each builder wants. I have one last question for you. So as a successful woman in a field dominated by men, what are the challenges you face and how did you overcome them? Yeah. Early in my career, my biggest challenge was honestly with the field guys. They're, they're a special breed of their own. Taking phone calls, there was a lot of times I'd answer the phone and they go, oh, I no, I want to talk to an engineer. I said, yes, how can I help you? <laughs> no, 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 I don't want to talk to the secretary. I need an engineer. Yes, how can I help you? And eventually it just came down to letting my actions speak for themselves. Being a reliable engineer, getting them the answer that they need, being that problem solver, that allowed my reputation to grow and they depended on me at that point. They knew who I was. So it really just making sure that you're being the best engineer that you can be. One thing, especially now I'm recruiting and hiring a lot, especially young women from engineering schools, Good. the one thing that I tell them is I don't see myself as a female engineer. I'm an engineer. I'm not going to single myself out. I'm an equal amongst my colleagues. Yeah. And I really go with that effort. Being in a male-dominated field, there's you got to have a thick skin a little bit. Yes. My dad was in the Navy. You know, I've, I've heard a lot of words, <laughs> colorful language. I'm sure you have. I just let comments roll off and don't take it to heart. Good. Fantastic, Jackie. Thank you very much for coming today. That wraps up our podcast for today. Thank you for Thank having you. me. Pleasure. That concludes this installment of Norboard's Builder Insights Podcast. You'll find more of the same great content on our blog, including show notes and links to additional information. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider sharing, liking, and subscribing on iTunes. Thanks for listening.